1: Get is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. He threw inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy
2: Graham brings it down
1: and that is a touchdown. Take you to places most fans never go to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints' season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! T-T-T-Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who?
0: Mike Thomas!
1: Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. <laughs> oh, baby! Week 13 in the books for the black and gold. Now we go inside black and gold. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak. And another tough one. Can't sugarcoat anything, obviously. Dig a hole early. Claw your way back. Come up short. Oh, and kind of lose a quarterback in the process. And although some fans kind of might be happy about that, Jeff.
2: So I had one person respond on Twitter after tweeted like Derek Carr went out of the game and they were like, were the fans cheering because Derek was leaving the game? I'd like to think that they were cheering in terms
1: of like, oh, he
2: got up and walked off. Yay, good, good, good. But I
1: don't know. No, you're you're right. There was a point in that game anytime Taysom would come in and then Carr would come back out. The, The booze would come out when Carr would enter the game again. I've never seen that. I've I've,
2: the only time I've ever seen an individual player get booed is like during a game where someone came back, like when Anthony Davis came back to New Orleans and he touched every time he touched the ball, there would be these cascading boos. Or if you go to San Antonio, Greg Popovich will yell at you because you're booing Kawhi Leonard, like that sort of thing. Yeah, right. I have never seen a home crowd boo a specific player for coming on the field. And, you know, part of it is there was a moment to boo him. Like so that everyone right. could direct a boo at a specific person. Like that doesn't you were happen. Like, normally, at you. Right. Well, normally you wouldn't be able to. Like it wouldn't be obvious who you were booing. You would just be kind of booing the team at large. Whereas in this case, you knew exactly what the entire crowd was booing. And I was like, that's wild. Anyway, so we're gonna get into this thirty-three twenty-eight. As I've always said, if you're gonna go down twenty-one nothing, you might as well do it in the first five minutes of the game. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all that, all that malarkey that went on today. And you know, I, I, I predicted the Saints would win this game. And the funny thing is, the game went pretty similarly to how I thought it was going to go after the first five minutes of the game when the Lions scored twenty-one of their thirty-three points. Anyway, we'll talk about that. This first segment, we're going to kind of get into takeaways, reactions, that sort of thing. I have a, I have a strong belief that this team would be better if Taysom Hill had been the quarterback the whole time. But that's all. We'll get into it. We'll talk about Derek Carr's injury, all that stuff. Second segment. So we're going to do this a little differently. The second segment, we're going to kind of combo it and the what did what didn't work, what did work. Because there's not a lot of things that did work, but there are a few things that are worth mentioning. So I don't want to make that a whole segment. So we'll just kind of combo that in the second segment. Final segment will be a mailbag. So if you're watching, you want to get in the comment, question, tell me I'm dumb Fair game. You know, one person on Twitter was like, rawr, you said the red zone was the <laughs> only thing that had to be fixed. And if they fixed it, they would never lose a game ever. And I was like, well, it's not really that simple. I don't think that's what I necessarily said. And, you know, I think that the only reason that they had a chance in this game was that they fixed the red zone and they went four for, for, in the red zone. But you know, it's never that. And there's nuance to this situation. And then someone was like, well, I don't understand why that guy's being so mean to you. You're pretty, I think you're pretty fair. And I was like, it's okay. If people weren't yelling at me on Twitter, I don't know what I would do with myself. I don't know if I would if I could be at home on that app if people weren't being mean to me. It's like it gives me life. It it fuels me. So do it. I don't mind. I'm like Derek Carr. Do it to do it to me. Don't do it to Steve. He can't handle it. That's why you know Um,
1: you're doing well when you got the haters, like Cat Williams says. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ain't
2: got no haters and you ain't popping, right? Right. Exactly. That's what Mike said. And now Mike
1: T is like hating on his own team. I don't know. It's weird. Um Mike T, yeah, it's a good thing you finally did deactivate Twitter, but it should have been done long before this evening's game kicked off, I guess. Let's start with that.
2: <laughs> because I don't know about you, but like, you know, it's like, and you could agree with Mike, you could disagree with Mike. I don't even yeah. know what he's necessarily trying to say in certain instances. Like he said, like AT Perry was wide open, then he was like, I'm not throwing shade. But I have eyes, and then if your eyes don't work, people get hurt. And it's like he's tweeting like someone who's not on the team anymore. So does he not plan to come back? Because it, because to me, like that's my takeaway. And like whether you want to say, well, Mike's right or whatever, I don't even know what Mike is actually trying to say. And just, I mean, like you can interpret it however you want, but like Mike is very mercurial in the way that he tweets and i never i'm gonna read anything he says at face value i'm gonna but either way like these are tweets of someone who does not sound like he's on the team anymore so maybe he doesn't maybe he thinks he's done for the year maybe he is done for the year i don't know but either way that's just not a good look for i, I don't know like what is that
1: the the one that i think really stands out least for me is go the, i'm, I'm going to read when your eyes don't work you get people hurt it's no mystery and it's something that needs to be studied what's that saying is it a rap lyric or is it about the quarterback
2: right well that's you know part of the reason i don't ever to jump to conclusions about what mike is talking about is because maybe he is quoting something maybe drake said that at some point i don't know but yeah it's it's not a it, it's not a positive look and, you know, it's if I'm the team, if I am the coaches and, and the players, it's just like, really? Like, why are you subtweeting your team as they're playing? It's just not a I, I don't know. It, like, it it sounds very much to me like a guy who will not be coming back to this team. And so that's kind of my read on it is he feels like his time with the Saints is done. And and the weirdest part is like. This is the same guy who on the same social media app said, thank you, Jesus, or thank God about them signing Derek Carr. And it was his whole, he championed the idea. And now he's the one who's subtweeting his own offense. I I don't know. It's just very much like, you know, you get to a stage as a wide receiver and like, you've seen this happen. This is not unusual in like, like Chad Johnson was kind of that way and like, he like later in his career, it was like he's it's very, very much a look at me thing. Right. And Mike has never been a look at me guy in terms oh, of like right. he's a hard worker. He's going to, you know, and, and then I, I don't know, something's going on. So uh, it's weird. We can so we can move on from it that I'm not a fan of
1: it, whether he's right or wrong. I'm not I, like I just think that's a bad look. No, like Mike used to ha- do hashtag shh back in the day. That's what he should be doing. It is funny.
2: And and it's a good segue into, you know, we talked to a lot of the players about, well, did you hear the booze? What did you think of the booze? Uh, Booze as in B-O-O-S, not B-O-O-S-E, which is what we're drinking. But all the players were kind of consistent. Like I asked James Hurst and he was like, yeah, it's kind of white noise. They asked Taysom Hill. And he was like, yeah, you know, we're kind of in the zone. We're listening to the plays. We got helmets on. We don't hear it. But it all kind of flew in the face of what D.A. had said like five minutes earlier, which was basically like, how can you not hear? (laughs) And uh, I do think it kind of goes into this bigger picture of like there is a disconnect going on, even in the messaging. Like this is not a healthy ecosystem in terms of a franchise, no matter what the coaching staff is going to say. Da is gonna gonna act like oh there's some there's a lot of confidence that we're gonna pull out of that because we almost came back from this insurmountable deficit that we created ourselves. But like, you don't get into that type of hole. You don't have a defense come out flat like that. Like the reason that defense turned things around is because they were like, it's still the first quarter. We can't like we're not gonna get another job if we come out here and and put this tape on. We have to show some pride, and they did. Like they played they played prideful that defense in the second half of that game. And but like. You you look at, like, there was, it was lifeless. It was listless in that first three drives of that game. And that includes the the fum- the turnover uh, on the first play of the Saints offense. But it's just not, it's not good. It's not good. And I don't know, you know, like, Mickey is going to come out on Tuesday and talk on WWL and say, you know, we have the right people in the building and, <laughs> and all this stuff. But it's like, I'd like to think that the management is not, The front office is not watching that game and being like, I see signs. I see it. It's, it's building. We're so close because it's not, you're not close. If anything, you're getting further away. Like this team is playing worse in week 13 than it was in
1: week five. Yeah. And after it got to 21, nothing, it didn't feel like I, I give them at least that much credit to have that, at least that oomph to fight and, and make it a game, but I, I did not expect the lines to jump on them like that. And it was just a way too quick of a turn where it was just bing, bang, boom. The, the lines came out, drove down the field right away. Turnover sucks short field. They're in the end zone again. And then I think was, did the saints go three and out after that too? And then the lines got again. Yes. and <laughs> Yes. yes. And, and, and yeah, it just happened too quickly between the run game and the the inability to ever stop anyone's tight end now is uh unbelievable <laughs> it's crazy it's it's
2: crazy um and we'll talk more about that in the next segment but you know one of the things that's really bizarre is the last time the saints played the lions oh. was in 2020 right and so here here's here's what i'll say first drive the lions get the ball Seven plays, 80 yards in three minutes and 45 seconds. Touchdown. Next play. First play from scrimmage from the Saints. Interception. Uh, Lions get the ball. Three plays, 17 yards. Touchdown. Okay, that was today. That was in 2023. You want to go back to 2020. First possession, eight plays, seventy-seven yards, three minutes and two seconds, touchdown. First play from scrimmage, Drew Brees so throws an interception. <laughs> Lions, three plays, eighteen yards, touchdown in a minute and twenty-one seconds. This is you. Spooky. I don't. I can't think of another NFL game off the top of my head that started this way. I I cannot genuinely think of another game. The Saints last two games against the Lions have been a shot for shot remake of how to get down 14 to nothing in less than 5 minutes. <laughs> like that's so bizarre. And it's like different players, right? Like that was Matt Stafford on the Lions it was Drew, B- Drew Brees Drew Brees Drew Brees as the quarterback who was in the Superdome today for the Saints and now it's Jared Goff and Derek Carr, but
1: like that's so weird. <laughs> that's just that doesn't happen. That's totally, I don't know. Did you remember that? Or you just happened to be looking at the last time they played? Well, I remembered
2: that the Saints, the last time they played, they got down 14 to nothing. And that was a really weird game. I wasn't there for it. It was a COVID game. Uh, Michael Burton tested positive for COVID, like, on the flight over. And it turned out to be a false positive. And so everyone was freaking out that, like, because he was on the plane. And that was at that point, if you were oh. in close contact with somebody, you would get right. Like, Remember that game against the, the Panthers where the entire running back room was gone? Remember that game against the Broncos where they lost their entire quarterback room because right. they were close contacts? It was like, we were on the plane with this guy. We're all close contacts. Um, and then it turned out to be a false positive. And then, but everyone was up till like 3 a.m. the night before. And the Saints right. actually came back and won that game 35-29. Traquan Smith had a big game that day. Um and uh, Alvin Kamara had a big catch on a wheel route. I think that's like the last time he's made a big catch on a wheel <laughs> route. Um and it was a great game to watch. It was fun. And I, and honestly, you know, you watch this game and it was actually a fun game to watch in terms of the way they came back. Right. Um the problem is you just never oh, felt oh. like they were going to get over the hump the way that they needed to and the way that they had a chance a chance to do and Ah, uh, that kind of leads me into our next our next topic, which is Derek Carr is hurt again. Derek Carr has left three games against NFC North opponents with a, a either a shoulder injury, a concussion, or both, <laughs> and that's what he has right now. He has a concussion, or at least he's in the concussion protocol. He has a shoulder injury, which I assume is the same shoulder injury. And you saw him walk off the field. And he looked a lot like Drew Brees when he walked off the field against, or for the last time as a quarterback of the charge. And I'm not saying that that Derek Carr has torn his whole rotator cuff, but he walked off the field with his elbow bent, like locked forward, was not moving that at all. And that's not how I saw him walk off the field the first two times. So I do wonder if that injury is more significant Than maybe the last time when it was more of the concussion and less of the shoulder injury, but these are very similar injuries. And now he's dealing with a back thing. I don't know what, what, how significant that might be, but it's really
1: hard to imagine a scenario where he's playing next week. No, right, right away. You would think, yeah, that the bing bang boom of injuries for him. It's like, even if he's able to clear the protocol, were you talking about his shoulder right there? That doesn't give me a bunch of confidence at all. No, no. When you're talking about
2: talking about the shoulder of a quarterback, like you're yeah. you're a quarterback, that's important. <laughs> like I mean, if if your if your if your shoulder isn't good, uh, you're in trouble. Anyway, you know. And so that kind of leads into it was a kind of a pretty bizarre exchange in the post game with Dennis Allen. He was asked about. You know how things went last year with Jamis, who early in the season was dealing with, you know, pretty crazy injuries, and they made a decision to sit him down. As Cat Terrell, Terrell asking this question, and I'll just let yeah, let's let let's let DA talk.
1: um You said you thought you needed to sit Jamis because the injuries were piling up. Is there a consideration for doing that with Derek now that he's left three times?
0: I think both of those are totally different situations.
1: Well, they both had.
0: They're both totally different situations.
1: In what regard? Also-
0: they're totally different situations all right we're not getting into what we did last year what we're doing this year all right um, look derek's in the concussion protocol right now so uh, we'll evaluate that as we go so so are you you been, know, been concussion, potentially serious I, I don't know that i mean um, uh, he's going in for evaluation on a couple of different things but he's in the concussion protocol and look i didn't mean to shut down your question but you know um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously, with injuries, you you, you certainly got to uh, pay attention to that. Um, but I'm not getting into the, the business of we're going to compare things from one year to the next.
1: What the hell was that? It's a totally different situation. Yeah, I,
2: For one thing, it's not a totally different situation. DA is very sensitive about the decision he made to go to Andy Dalton last year. And you can tell just by the way he reacted to that question, which it's like, we know that you wanted to start Andy Dalton. It's not a mystery here. Like we all figured it out when you didn't put Jameis back in. Um, But pretending that this is a different situation, what are you doing? What are you saying that you're going to try to, try to trot Derek Carr back out there hurt because you are that committed to this bit. Like, come on, come on. That can't be the only answer you have for me as Derek Carr is getting torn to shreds week in, week out. Um, It's like, you're not doing him any favors, man. You're not doing him any favors. And, you know, part of me wonders if DA is kind of, like, relieved that he doesn't have to answer questions about how Jameis went in and saved the game. Like, I <laughs> it's it's really weird. I don't know why they kept him around, because it's clear that right. they want to use him. It's clear that they don't want to start him. And it's like, like I think that they – the, the reason he's here, and this is me. This is pure conjecture by me. Don't take this as me reporting anything. But I think the reason he is here from Jeff is because the front office was like, hey – it's going to cost us more to cut him than it is to keep him. Is there any way we can just do this for one more year? And he was like, fine. But I mean, are we going to pretend that this is like, like he could have just said, if Derek can't go, we're going to start Jameis. He could That's have. It. Said right had a perfect opportunity to say, yes, it is the same situation. If our quarterback is unhealthy and cannot play, if he is not in a position where he can play, I'm going to start the backup. Is that that bold of a statement to make? No. He instead went with this bizarre defense of it's a different situation, which it's like, I don't know. It's like, it, it just kind of envelops the idea of like, I don't know why Jameis decided to stay. Other than, like, because right. it's very clear. There was obviously nobody else suiting him. His future is not as the Saints' starting quarterback. And I don't know. Like, that was weird to me. Like, that was uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I don't know where Dennis Allen was going with that at all. I was confused as well. And I don't know, did he misunderstand something? Or doesn't know? didn't know how to answer right there and just went that direction? The implication... That we should compare this to last year,
2: and immediately shut it down. Like that's what that was. I don't know. That's weird to me. Um, I, and so you know, I asked after the game whether yeah, you know, and this is me put. I think like this is me putting the cart way ahead of the horse here, right? But the question to me is like, okay, so if Derek Carr can't go, who's the starter? Are you going to go with Jameis? Or are you at the point of the season where it makes more sense to just, I don't know, see what you have in a rookie. See what Jake Hayner can do. Not because he gives you a better chance to win, and he probably doesn't. He probably gives you a worse chance to win. But at this point, personally, I think the season is over. Like, you can say we have this pie-in-the-sky chance to go make the playoffs, and great. I don't think it benefits you to pretend that that's the answer. I want to get answers for other positions. I want to see (laughs) what I have in young players. And if you win on the way, great, fantastic. But I am making decisions for next season so I can figure out, is Jake Hayner even a suitable backup? Is he a guy that we can look at and say, great. And, you know, I get it. Jameis Winston is probably the better chance to win the game next week. But you hear that answer and you think this team is like, even considering that maybe he goes out and balls out and he's the starter? No. So, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it like that.
1: Do you imagine that you could see at, uh, an even an increased role for Taysom with Jameis involved? Because I'm curious about that. How much How much of the split would be? I mean, increased from this week? No, you're, you're right. They, they definitely shut down the whole Taysom stat again. I mean...
2: Yeah, that stat has fallen to pieces.
1: Forget it; been shredded. We'll never mention
2: it again. I mean, Taysom Hill had thirteen carries for fifty-nine yards. He had average four point five yards a carry. He got stoned a few times, but you know, I think he played pretty well. Uh, One touchdown. Then he had two pass attempts, both incomplete. One was kind of disappointing because he had Chris Olave wide the F open, and he he underthrew it. And he waited too long. he also had two catches for 15 yards. So, you know, touches-wise, like, technically, you're talking about, you know, 19 touches? No, 17 touches? That's probably a career high. That's a lot for anybody that's not the starting quarterback. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how you could say that he would get an increased role than that. But I do think that that is probably, you know, I think you're going to see closer to that than... You know Minnesota, right? Like I don't think it's going to go the other way. You know, and and I I tweeted this as well, and I'm all over the place. I'm just I'm just flying all over the handle, but I I you will you will not be able to convince me. And like I've been I've been pretty fair to Derek Carr. I think like it's funny because like the second I post a stat that's like Derek Carr is the worst red zone quarterback in the league, that's like objectively true, and everyone's like, oh, you just you know you're not seeing reason. I'm like, I think I've been. You know, people think say I'm being soft on Derek Carr and it sounds Like, no, I'm just trying to be fair. I'm just trying to be reasonable in terms of my expectations and and what's realistic and what's fair to criticize someone for. Um, but I think I have been I've been more more than fair <laughs> to some of these people. Um, but the question I have is like, you will not be able to convince me that if you had just gone full time Taysom Hill starting quarterback and invested the Derek Carr money literally anywhere else. Right, go find me a pass rusher. Right, go go, go find me yeah, a, a linebacker. Right, go find me whatever. Right, go find me a safety that's under the age of thirty. Right, uh, like go, go sign Jesse Bates. Right, like you would have had the money to can retain Caden Ellis. Stuff like that. Right, like if you had just said, "Hey, Taysom Hill is the guy," you think if five and seven is the bar, you're telling me that you you don't think that. He you would not convince me that he could have not gotten you to I don't know 7 and 5 with this schedule, right? With the ability to retain Kay Nellis to, you know, to do whatever you wanted in terms of keeping people around? Of course you could have. And at the same time, fans would have been like, "You know what? Fine. He's probably not good and I get it. He's probably not he's not the next Steve Young. We all accept that, but it would have been an interesting ride. You know, like it would have been like, "Hey, let's see. We've We've all rooted for this guy for so long. Give him a chance. What could it hurt, right? And like, I don't think you know if ten and two was the goal. If nine and three was the goal, yeah, probably not. But if five and seven is the bar, and you need to clear that, hundred percent, Taysom could have done that. And that's the that's what I think is a kind of a driving force in like why this is so frustrating is because you shot high in terms of your expectations for this team this year. And you you miss that mark so low that it's actually hamstringing you for years and years and years. And you're talking about, do we fire the coach? Do we get rid of the entire coaching staff? Do you retain Derek Carr? You kind of are stuck with him now. And it's like, if you had just kind of committed to, we're going to see what happens with this group. And we're going to give that guy who's been doing all the dirty work a chance. And, you know, maybe Jameis is his backup. And when Taysom Hill inevitably gets hurt, Jason Jameis goes the rest of the way, right? Like there was, there are options there. And instead you chose to go with Derek Carr and it has underdelivered so badly that that's why when Derek Carr runs onto the field, you are hearing very specific boos. And it's not even because like, like Derek hasn't been that bad. It's that the promises were so high that he could, he was never going to live up to them. Knowing like after watching the Derek Carr that we
1: have seen, and accept as who he is. And so, yeah, I mean. I, I think the the bad part obviously with him too, it's he's been bad when you've needed him the most. That's when it's really when he's really been bad. Other than that, you're right, he hasn't been terrible this season, but he hasn't been great either. <laughs> I mean, I actually thought
2: he played pretty well in like the second and third quarters of that game, right? Like he he engineered a comeback and you know it took a very bizarre fumble. I asked D. Cesar Ruiz, "Was like has that ever happened to, to you in your career?" He's played guard, right? He's he's an interior line. He said no. I asked James Hurst, "Has that ever happened to, to you before?" And he said no. I've never seen anything like that. Um, it's a freak accident. That's what they both said. James didn't even know that he was the one who knocked the ball out until he got to the sideline. That's how weird that was. And like, I asked him if he was like, is that a quarterback thing? Is there something Derek did wrong? And they, both of them said, no, like they said that he just did his normal. It was just kind of James was six inches from where he might've been otherwise. And Derek maybe was six inches the other direction. And it was just a, like a freak thing. When and, shit's not going your way,
1: that's just, that's yeah. how it goes. Right. When it rains,
2: it pours kind of thing. Right. And right. You know, it's just funny. Cause like, I, I was just, just like, just tell like, does, does that a thing that happens? And they were both like, no, like, like genuinely don't know how that happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. And the segment has gone kind of long and we could probably move on. Um, but yeah, this, if, if, if it's not easy to tell by my, by my, uh, general state of mind, this has been a very, very frustrating season to I'm sure watch, and it has been just as frustrating to cover and for me personally it's like i do try to be fair and and I, and like that's part of the reason people say i'm soft on on the players and the coaches is like no because if you like there's people who have been calling for dennis allen to be fired since like week six of last season right like you have to give things a chance to develop and that's and it's like but you you're at a point now where it's like you've watched it how long do you allow this to continue? And um i'm kind of at a point now where you know i think you do i don't think you fire anyone mid-season i just still again i've said this all year i don't see how that benefits you right now but i just i don't know how you watch that and and come away thinking like yeah this 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 is headed in the right direction
1: no sadly we had the quarterback change and we haven't seen really much of a difference from last season's offense it's it's been the same old same and uh i guess you could even argue it's, it's taken a step backwards even
2: i agree i agree that's a good kind of jumping off point and we get into the next segment uh this is inside black and gold i'm jeff nowak he's steve Geller. we're going to come back we're going to talk what did didn't work what did work steve's going to refill his bourbon and and we'll dive into it it'll be a little shorter segment and then we'll get into a quick mailbag on the back end thanks everyone for being here as always i'm jeff nowak He is Steve Geller. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Noack. He's at Steve Geller, WWL, and you can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. Again, inside black and gold. Stick around.